we're humans first. We do also happen to be teachers, but we're humans first. But we're also responsible for 30 other humans in a room. Now that leaves a hell of a lot of room for human moments, human error, and all of the human things in our day-to-day work. So today's inaugural episode, I thought I would not be doing my podcast justice if I didn't start with that, that we are humans first. So in this episode, I'm going to dig into some very human moments of my own recently in the classroom, share my reflections of those, give you a few little nuggets of teaching know-how to take away along the way, and I also have a very, very big, very exciting, very human announcement. Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is freaking hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Claire, and this is episode one of the Unteachables podcast. And I'm so happy that you're here listening to this and you trust me enough already without hearing a single episode to spend half an hour of your time with me. So I really do appreciate that. And I can't wait to get started. I've been looking forward to this release day for a very long time. So this is the inaugural episodes. And even though the episode is, you know, called Human Moments in the Classroom, the unofficial title of this is going to be the episode that I'll look back on in probably a year's time, maybe even an hour's time, and just absolutely cringe over. Everything we do you know, we're always starting from a place of inexperience, obviously. And this has been such a huge journey of mine to start this podcast and get over the fact that I don't like the sound of my own voice, get over the fact that, you know, it's going to be hard to record for half an hour straight talking to myself. All of those things come from a place of really deep discomfort for me. And I know that a lot of you might feel the same about a bunch of things in your own lives. And I've been reflecting on the fact that that can be a huge barrier to the things that we want to do. And I think about all of the things that I now cringe over that, you know, I'm really glad that I started doing. I mean, I started my Instagram two years ago. And if I was to look back on the first Instagram post that I did, like they're cringeworthy. I, my style, the way that I, you know, wrote them, everything about those posts, I would cringe over looking back on them now. Like the reels I've posted, um, thinking about, myself as a first year teacher, like the lessons that I've created. I also think back to those first days of casual teaching, like I was 21 years old and oh God, if I was a fly on the wall, if somebody was recording that, you could not pay me enough to watch that back. Like being 21, thinking that I'm super cool with the kids, you know, but also trying to be like that teacher persona. But all of those things that we might look back on in our lives and cringe over, we have to reframe that because they are actually this huge marker of growth in our lives. If we can look back on something and one day cringe, that means that we have grown so much in that space that we know that things are so much more developed, so much better, so much more professional, so much more everything. And I saw this, I don't know if you've seen it before. I saw this meme on Facebook the other day and it was, it was really funny because it said the person I connect with least is the person 
me 10 years ago that was posting status updates and those um, time shifts, whatever you would call them, what do they call it? The memories that come up on Facebook are the most cringeworthy things you could possibly look at. Like Claire, 13 years ago, I had a look before I started recording this particular episode at what I was doing 10 years ago. I was saying some things like, oh, I've only just registered to vote. I avoided it for so many years. Like the Claire now would be appalled by that, like not taking that opportunity to vote. And there was also one status update that said that I want a universal remote to mute stuff and fast forward time. It'd be sick. Like, I don't know what would possess me to write that, but it just shows how far we've come, how far we've developed, how much we've done. Um, so to all of the new teachers out there, that's probably a really good thing to think about as well. Like, don't let that be a block in the way to stopping you from doing what you want to do. So this podcast is cringe. I'll hate the sound of my voice. I'll probably say um too many times. I'll probably just be doing normal human things like breathing into the microphone and stumbling over my words, which leads me to the topic for today. Human moments as teachers. Because we are human beings before everything else and we're responsible for all of these other humans in the room. And that is a lot because we have our own you know, stuff going on in our lives, just as much as the students have stuff going on in their lives. And I want to share with you something very exciting. And I am just a chronic oversharer in life. I share everything too much, too often. I'm the one that will share when I've gone to the toilet and, you know, all of those really gross details. It's always been me as a human being. So it's been really hard to keep this under wraps. Um, And she's in there kicking right now because she knows I'm about to talk to her, talk about her. But right now I am sitting here 25 weeks pregnant with a little baby girl, a little mini me, and I am just so over the moon and my partner and I couldn't be more excited. Um, Yeah, I'm just stoked. I'm really happy and I've been keeping that under wraps for a very, very long time and I've wanted to say something because there's been a lot of things that have gone on in my work surrounding my pregnancy that have been really tough. Um, It's had a massive impact on my work for a lot of reasons. So that's why I wanted to really talk about these human moments and the seasons we have in teaching and the seasons we have in life and how that really does shape the way that we teach and the way that we are as human beings. So this pregnancy has impacted my work in a lot of ways. The first thing was the pure anxiety of that first trimester. I was scared. I was snappy. I couldn't think of anything else but this little tiny being inside of me just so, you know, helpless, so dependent on me to be doing the right thing. On top of that, I was just so, so sick, like so sick. I didn't work for the majority of the second half of the summer term because of HG. I don't even know how to say it, hyperemesis gravidium or something like that. So it's just a severe form of pregnancy sickness. That was tough for obviously, you know, the fact that I was sick and nobody likes to feel like they've got a vomiting virus 24-7 for months straight. Um, But I had to do a lot of surrendering to it because in being a teacher, and I'm sure every single one of you understands this, it's really hard to let go of that guilt um, and let go of the fact that you can't perform in the way that you usually would perform. And as a senior leader, I also felt like I was letting my team down significantly. I just physically wasn't able to do the job. And I did go back. So I was signed off sick from work for a number of weeks by my GP. And in between being signed off, I'd go back to work and just see how I'd go because I felt so guilty about not being there. 
even though I knew that I really shouldn't be there. I was too sick. The moments that I was back at work in that really sick phase still, I found myself having a hell of a lot of moments that were very human and very out of character for me as a teacher. My school can be a very volatile environment and I found myself letting behaviours slip in ways that I never have before because I was afraid of anything happening to me or the baby in terms of like stress or physically. Usually I'm one to, and I post about it all the time, I'm usually one to hold those boundaries, hold those expectations. Usually, you know, I would go out about my day and not even think about the potential for violence or injury or the impact of stress or any of that, but I just couldn't. I couldn't be the teacher that I was. I'd changed overnight because of what was going on in my body um, and because of how sick I was and everything. And yeah, I was just a different person. I couldn't do it. I couldn't manage that. So that season in my life changed the way that I approached behavior completely. And I had to give myself grace for that and say, you know what, that's okay at this, at this time, because I've got a really good reason for that. And I need to find other ways to manage it. So, you know, what teacher can I pass this on to? What, who can I ask for support? So I really had to get better at asking for help in those days that I was at school during that time. Because of all that stress and anxiety and sickness and everything, I also had a super short temper. It was probably a lot to do with my hormones as well, but I'm not one to raise my voice at students very often at all. Of course, everyone reaches their limit and of course everyone does that like from time to time, but it's not in my toolbox. It's not my strategy. I'm more like the silent kind of nonverbal type, even in the most chaotic of classes. But I was raising my voice at students more. I was touchy. I took things so much more personally. Like it just became the opposite of what I preach simply because of how I was hormonally and physically in my body. And I felt like this fierce lioness that didn't want anybody to hurt my baby, even if it was hurting it through raising my cortisol or upsetting me. Every time a student kicked the door or yelled or anything that, you know, that feeling you get in your body where it's like, you know, you've got that nervy feeling, it shocks you and you can tell your cortisol's gone up. Anything like that really upset me. It really made me angry and it made me want to scream at the kids saying, how dare you? And that is not me as a human being. One day a student kicked through one of the doors really hard and I screamed in his face because I imagined myself getting whacked down. It didn't happen, but I was preempting something like that happening and I just couldn't manage myself. And I had to get another teacher to go and apologize to that student for me and explain because I just wasn't in the place to do that myself. So this whole situation, it just made me reflect on the fact that I am in this really different phase of my life. And we all go through these really different phases because of just the nature of who we are as humans. Of course, we're going to go through different phases. I mean, when I was in my first year of teaching, the phase that I was in is sitting in my bedroom. I'm not advocating for this necessarily, by the way. I would just sit in my bedroom and work constantly because all I wanted to do in that phase of my life was get ahead in my career and put all of my energy into teaching and be the best teacher that I thought I could be. By the way, it doesn't mean you have to work all the time to be the best teacher, but that's what I thought at the time. So that was a phase in my life that I was going through. And these phases obviously shift as we go through life and we've got different responsibilities. At that time, I didn't have a partner. I didn't have a family. I didn't have anything. So I could invest in my work a little bit more. 
But these phases that we go through shift not only our physical capacity to be able to do work and all of those things, but they also change our level of emotional capacity in our role as teachers. You know, how much we're able to give of ourselves, the intensity of the work we do. And all of that is completely okay. And it's so important for us to recognize that that is okay. I actually put a question out on my Instagram to people saying, you know, what was a human moment that you had in the classroom? And there were so there were actually some really funny ones. Like it was ridiculous how many people have had a situation where they've either tucked their skirt into their um, tights, so they've had their bum showing when they've walked out of the bathroom, or they've done something like split their trousers in front of their class. There's so many funny things that came out of that conversation as well, and obviously they're all really, really human, really funny things. Um, I've had many of those myself, trust me. I remember putting a post up recently about the fact that like one day I was being really serious and trying to be a disciplinarian in the classroom in one of my first years of teaching. And I was talking to a student um, in front of the class and I accidentally spat my gum out and it landed right on his book in front of him. And it was absolutely mortifying, you know, so things like that always happen and we've got to have a laugh at ourselves. But then there were also things that came out from that conversation around um, a lot of loss, a lot of despair, a lot of difficulty of people having to go into the classroom and persevere through some really serious and really, you know, sad times of mourning for themselves and just have to continue doing the job of a teacher. And a lot of those people said that they have, for their human moments, just having to be really vulnerable with their class. Um, And there's been a lot of tears shared between students and teachers and all the rest of it. So, we are just humans and we need to recognize that and give ourselves grace for those times. And our students are watching that and watching our vulnerability. And I think that that can only be positive as well, depending on how we do that. But it is important for us to have grace for ourselves in the same way that we give grace to our students. Now, on saying all of that, I wanted to give you a little something to consider when you're having all of these human moments outside of the fact that all of those are normal and natural and okay and just regular experiences. But I think this will help you better understand your own behaviors and the behaviors of your students as well. So there's this concept, and I use this quite a lot in my conversations with students and with staff. There's this concept by Dr. Dan Siegel called the window of tolerance. Some days you'll notice that you feel great and other days you'll notice that you don't feel so great. Some days you might find the copier broken and you might go down into full breakdown modes and, you know, swear and try to kick it and all the rest of it. I mean, that's probably me most of the time the copy is broken, but on particular days you might respond to that differently. And some days you might just have a joke to a colleague about, oh, this photocopy is just broken again. Well, what it is, is we've all got this window that we operate in for what we can tolerate, this window of tolerance. Within this window, when we're sitting in this window, everything's fine, we're regulated, we're happy enough, we're calm enough, and all of those day-to-day annoyances or inconveniences or like student challenges that we're facing, we can handle them with much more resilience. But either side of that window and things can get a little bit more dicey, so we can either shut down completely and disassociate or we can explode. Sometimes we have a really narrow window, so things just tip us over the edge so much easier. And other times, you know, we feel really good. We feel really resilient. Everything's fine. And heaps of things impact our window. It differs from person to person as well as day to day. So if things pile on top of us, we reach a threshold. So for example, I might've had a really crappy sleep 
And then I might have have gotten stuck in traffic. And then I might have had an argument with my partner on the phone about something. And then I might have gotten into work to find that photocopier broken. And then that would be the final straw for me. And then I would explode. So as I go to work, my window gets narrower and narrower. Trauma can also affect the window. If somebody's impacted by trauma, childhood experiences and all the rest of it, their window naturally becomes smaller because of their amygdala. So the amygdala is a part of the brain that's responsible for our emotions and our fight or flight. And what happens if we have gone through traumatic experiences, that part of the brain that's responsible for fight or flight actually becomes more hypervigilant. It's an evolutionary process to help us survive. So it's actually this amazing process. But this amazing evolutionary process is actually a bit of a bog down in our lives now, because if we have gone through traumatic experiences, children, and we do have a more hypervigilant amygdala, then that picks up on things that aren't life or death situations, but we still are pushed into that same survival mode, that same fight, flight, or freeze response, like we were in serious danger. We can expand our window of tolerance by doing things to take care of ourselves just as we can support students to expand their window by providing them with regulation strategies and all of that. But for this episode, what I really want you to take away is the need for us to give ourselves grace and understanding. And the best thing that we can do to expand our window of tolerance is to recognize when we're going to be a little bit less regulated throughout the day and put some strategies in place to be able to expand that window. So So just say I have gotten into school one day and I know that the morning has been really challenging. I know I haven't slept a lot. I know that, you know, maybe I'm on the verge of getting my periods. Maybe um, I've had a little bit of an argument in the morning or anything that I know will be something that grates on me and, and makes my temper really, really short. I might really have to recognize this in myself and say to myself, okay, I'm not quite ready to go into this situation and manage this right now. Before I actually respond, I need to take a step back and be a little bit more um, critical about how I'm feeling, a little bit more curious about how I'm feeling and take some really deep breaths and recognize where I am in this moment. What I've done before is taken a step back. So just say if there's a behavior situation in front of me unfolding and I know that I don't have the window of tolerance to manage that, if I don't have the capacity to manage that in that moment because I'm going to escalate things further, maybe that particular student is one that I don't have a really good relationship with. Maybe it's a student that knows what buttons to press and I already know looking at this situation from the outside in that things aren't going to go well if I deal with this, then I'll just pass that on. I will say, I really need your help with this. Can you please come over and manage it? Or I'll do something to really be conscious of where I'm at at that moment. And before I react and respond, I'll take some deep breaths. I'll tell myself a bit of a mantra. I'll do something to at least bring it back to my thinking brain and ground myself a little bit before I move forward with it. So passing it on to somebody else and getting someone support to manage the things that we know that we're not going to be able to manage in the moment, if that's possible, if there is another teacher involved. And if there's not another teacher there that's able to kind of step in and support us with that, saying, okay, before I respond to this in the way that I need to respond to this, I really need to check myself before I wreck this situation and escalate things further and make things so much more difficult for me and the student So what really works for me is just being able to take a deep breath and give myself a bit of space between me and the situation that's happening in front of us. 
if I'm able to do that, then usually I'm okay to proceed and manage that situation in the best way that I can. If I'm still not okay and if I can really um, reflect on how I'm feeling in that moment and say, actually, I'm definitely not the person to be managing this, then I'll just get some support from another teacher and say, look, you know, I know this student's going to push my buttons. I know that I'm not able to regulate in this situation. I know that if I go in there, I'm going to probably escalate that student. I've seen it happen before with myself. Can you please help me? Can you please address this behavior for me? If there is no staff member around and I'm still feeling like I can't really regulate enough to manage that situation, I'll just say to the student, I know we need to deal with this and this is not the right time or space, but I'm going to be addressing this with you when I can. And it's as simple as that. Actually, it's not as simple as that because as you know from my human moments that I've just told, I was in such a state of dysregulation, anxiety, physical sickness and everything that I didn't have the capacity to actually take my own advice. So I also want to say how incredibly difficult it is when we're going through things in our lives and the teaching and the school and all of those things, they naturally become secondary to all of the things, the human things that are happening in our lives. So it's really crucial that we remember that and give ourselves grace. And I wanted to make sure that you knew that even though it is very, very important for us to be able to regulate ourselves, to be able to approach things calmly, to be able to employ, like deploy the strategies that I've spoken about. So, you know, taking a deep breath, saying some mantras to ourselves, getting curious about our own behaviors, putting space between, you know, the behavior and then the reaction. All those things are very, very important because as I've said a million times, we're humans. We're just trying to get through life all together. We have a very important job to do with these vulnerable children who are also going through their own human moments and aren't able to regulate. We, we should be the, the teacher, the adult in the room and able to regulate and co-regulate with them so we can effectively manage behaviors. But it's very important to recognize that it is just so hard. So for me, in those human moments, I really had to acknowledge that things had shifted for me and I had to think about what was making me have a really small window of tolerance and it was pure fear. It was fight or flight. It was a season of life that I was in and it was me wanting to desperately protect protect this little life inside of me that was relying on me and I think that's a beautiful thing and I think that like in terms of being a mother and, you know, going through that hormonal process and that something growing, like uh, nothing has been as incredible to watch as my body changing and all of those things. And it's like, wow, like this is changing the way that I see the world and it's changing the way that I see myself and everything around me. And I think that, of course, I feel a little bit guilty that I wasn't able to manage things in that moment in the way that I wanted to and the way that I normally would and, you know, that I'm not able to be the teacher that I really want to be. But at the same time, it's like this polarity because it's actually something that I need to admire in myself that my body's doing this amazing thing and I'm having these reactions like mentally that is protecting my baby. So I think that there are a lot of polarities in that and being able to acknowledge what's going on for us, what's going on in our lives, what season we're in, and just accepting that and doing the best damn job that we can in spite of all of that, despite all of that. So to wrap it up, 
our lives aren't school and teaching might be a part of our identity, but it's definitely not our entire identity. So please, the next time you feel alone in these moments, remember this episode. When you feel guilty for snapping, when you feel embarrassed for breaking down in front of your students and being vulnerable and having those vulnerable moments, when you feel like you just don't have the capacity to hold space for anybody else in that moment because of whatever's going on for you, just remember what I've said this episode because you aren't alone in that and you deserve boundless amounts of understanding and grace because we are all just humans just getting through this life together. Also remember your own window of tolerance and think about how you can expand that on the day-to-day just to get through the day and just to be able to do our jobs in the most effective way that we can despite all of the things that are happening external to that. Think about how you can care for yourself more, how you can reestablish some boundaries, how you can carve out some time for you, how you can create space between your reactions and what's happening in front of you. So maybe tomorrow, just get a bit curious about how you're feeling, like check in with yourself on the way to work and think about what might be contributing to that. You know, when you go into a class, think about what state you're in and think about if a student said something to you that was super personal, how would you respond to that? And get curious about why that is, because day to day, it's going to be completely different. And my lovely people, that's all for this episode. I really hope you found something valuable in this. And I'm just so excited that you were here for the first ever episode of the Unteachables podcast. Next episode, I'm going to be taking the convo to a very simple yet very complicated and very frustrating piece of advice we're given as teachers, which is to just build the relationship. Because for anybody who has worked with vulnerable students who display challenging behaviors, you know that it is never that straightforward. It is never that simple. So I can't wait to have a chat about all of that and break it down for you. And again, give you some little nuggets of knowledge to take away and some strategies to take away. But for now, the absolute best baby shower present you could give me, and I promise it is completely and utterly free, is just to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss that episode. You've been here for the very first one, which is pretty cool. My very first episode, my very human episodes, the episode that will one day be my probably very cringe episode. So it would really mean a lot if you jumped on board and subscribed. Hope you have a lovely day and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teacher friends. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, please make sure you head over and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. A little review would also mean a lot. And if you're a teacher just wanting to suck the classroom management knowledge and strategies straight out of my brain and pop them into yours, you can join my comprehensive professional development program that'll teach them today at the-unteachables.com. And because you listen to my podcast and you're a little bit more special, you can use the code podcast20 for a special 20% off enrollment. This training, I promise you, is truly transformational. Find the full link to this and other goodies, including a special freebie in the show notes. And finally, if you're wanting to reach out and say hello, please don't be a stranger. You can head over to my Instagram where I hang out the most, the.unteachables, and pop into my DMs. Until next time, teachers. Teachers.